is going to be a horrifically long season. Well, it'll be a short season, actually, because they'll get shit all points and they'll get relegated by February. So who's asked? Mm-hmm. Fuck up, full of it, shite. this episode of the podcast, we go over last weekend's Premier League action. Also, Dickhead of the Week. Who will win this week's prestigious format one Toffee Award? Sit back, relax, crack open a cold one. It's time for Formats One Toffee. You know more football than Southgate does not all. It's not fucking. <laughs> yeah, hell. that's right. You could pick an England team. What he can't fucking do. <laughs> you ever thought about that? Like, imagine if they just gave me the the responsibility to pick an England team just for one game. You do a better job than him. You think? Mm. I think I would. If you could go back in time and change one England moment with a lineup, yeah. Like, what would it be? Because I know for a fact what mine would be. And it would be bringing on Walcott in that quarterfinal against Portugal. Because why the fuck did we bring him to the World Cup? Take the risk yeah. on him and not play him against Portugal. I would have brought him on. Mine would have been changing the referees team in the 4-1 loss against Germany. The referee that could actually steal oh, the Oh, yeah. That Lampard goal that wasn't a goal. We would have gone and won that. I'd have probably played his current tactics in that semi-final the other year. When we went 1-0 up, I'd have gone and put 10 defenders behind the ball. (laughs) Played out a 1-0 win into the final. 1-0 win against Croatia. (laughs) I'd have taken Kane off for not squaring it to Sterling. I don't blame him. I don't blame him because Sterling would have probably missed. True. We yeah. saw exactly what Sterling would have done last season Champions League against Leon. <laughs> yeah. I've I just seen who... that, that Bruno goal, that first one, that was an absolute beach. Absolute beach. I yeah. thought it hit it too, too high and then it buried into the roof of the net. I love goals that go into the roof of the net, me. It looks so good. <laughs> <don't> it? <Yeah. laughs> you just... Posting in is the, is the crossbarring in is the number one goal that you can score. And then roof of the net is second second best goal. You can I think that. it just demonstrates so much power yeah. when you blast it against a crossbar. Scalzi, a la Villa. Yeah. Absolutely swats it on the volley. It's a crossbar. Oh. You know, you just know Scalzi was in the studio when Bruno scored that and everyone's gone, oh, what a goal. And Scalzi was like, it's all right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only one where I Man United that scores a goal like that. Used to score those in training for fun. <laughs> Probably did and all. It's no, it's no Bradford City two thousand, is it? <laughs> <laughs> if anything, that was a bit too excitable. That accent then that he put on. <laughs> Lee, as someone who's met goals and had a picture of him in uh, in some sort of drinking esta- establishment, it looks like. Can you yeah. can you tell me just how excitable Paul's goals gets? Well, it was quite funny actually. So, 
he was uh, I'd gone to a thing after work uh, it was um, a bar called Impossible oh, no, in Manchester no, there's a piss up <laughs> session but um, it was quite good because it was one of the first um, one of my first sort of work nights out um, since I'd started working there so I didn't really know that many people and I'd just gone in and saw like that all, it was all the sales people and what they'd done is I think they'd hit target that month so they booked a whole section out so I walked in and I thought, oh, I recognize, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I recognize him as well. Oh, I recognize her. So and then it clicked. It's all, all work lot. So they're like, oh, come on, Lee. Like, let's just, we'll show you around. We'll introduce to everyone. And I was meeting everyone and uh, having a chat. And one of the, uh, one of the lads come up to me and he went, I've heard you're a United fan. And I was like, yeah, I am. Yeah. And he goes, you see who sat over there? And, um, I, I turned around and it was fucking Paul Scholes. So that was it. And the more and more drink I had, the more and more I was trying to be convinced to go and say hello and go and have a word. Because uh, at, at the beginning, I was like, nah, leave him alone. He's, he's having a, a drink with his with his family by the looks of it. And then I thought, then um, the more drink I had, that was it. I was like, right, I'm going. I'm fucking going for it. So there was someone that was sat next to him. They got up and went. So I thought, this is my chance. So I went over, right? And he immediately got his phone out and looked at it as if he was busy or as if he was concentrating <laughs> on something else. But I thought, but I've gone all in here. <laughs> yeah, I've, 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 like, I've gone all in here. I look like a right twat if he just ignores me and I get ignored by Paul Scholes. So I persisted. I went, uh, Paul? <laughs> Paul? And he, he's still looking down at his phone and I thought, oh God. So I thought, I'm here now. I've got to, I've got to go through with it. It's like, I am eight. Um, I'm a, I'm a massive fan. Um, would you mind like massively? I just, I know you probably get this all the time, but can I just have a quick picture? And he went, Yeah, and all right, mate. Yeah, and sat down, <laughs> and he, he he sort of did that little smile where it's almost like just fuck off. Um, got the picture, went, Oh, thanks very much, mate. I really appreciate that. Thanks so much. Went, yeah, it's all right, mate. And then turn he turned around, that was it. I walked off buzzing, and he, he seemed fine to be honest. He, he was nice to me, uh, when he chatted, but then he was sort of sat with his back to like this dance floor bit, and it got to a point where people were like leaning over from the dance floor, like patting him on his shoulders and trying to get selfies with him and stuff. And at that point, he just said to his family, Oh, we've got to go, I've got to leave. So uh, so I felt I did feel quite sorry for him because I didn't want to be, you know, one of those people. But he, he seemed all right with me when I got a picture. So yeah, that's the best day of my be life. Annoying. It would be annoying, wouldn't it? Yeah, right. You're but just he, he, a with your family and people are fucking, you know, molesting you. Yeah, <laughs> I think he realizes though that he, he kind of has to do it. Do you know what I mean? I think he <laughs> under the dance floor. <laughs> Absolutely absurd. What's <laughs> like when you were in Asia? Is that a lie? I did fucking hell. What? What? In China? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, not, not to the point where they were trying to stick a digit in. That was just fun for me then. <laughs> Do you reckon Scolzi is turning around in the BC Sports Studio right now telling the same story about Lee? Yeah, I reckon he's in the BT's sports unit going. I bet that John Artson bought before. <laughs> he knew where yeah. I was going. Well, it's only about time I met John Artson in a club in Manchester. <laughs> I tried blanking him, but he just wouldn't give up. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled the old look down at my phone till he goes away trick, but he was having none of it. <laughs> right, allocated games. <laughs> 
let's go straight to Danny. Uh, Danny is, is pretty much the host of this podcast, mate. You got given an absolute fucking stinker with your two allocated games, so we'll let you take it off, mate. <laughs> I would like to thank my my lovely girlfriend for allocating me two of the worst games of the weekend. Ladies, my DMs are open. I am looking for a new one. <laughs> um, Newcastle Chelsea, it was wank, wasn't it? Chelsea was so wasteful. That 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 should have easily been four or five. Um, because I remember wasteful. <laughs> yeah, he was. Do you know? I don't. I don't get him at the moment because whenever he goes away with Germany, he looks shit hot, and then he comes back to England and he looks shit. <laughs> there's, there's no consistency with him, and I don't know whether it's whether he suits the German system more or whether he's just not enjoying playing against the defenders. I mean, he said after two weeks, didn't he, yeah. about the defenders he was playing against. I mean... Well, he missed a set tonight. Literally, yeah. front of goal. Chelsea have yet again had to rely on Olivier Giroud to save them again. Oh, did they win in the end? Yeah, 2-1. Giroud came on and scored in the last minute. Um, Newcastle... I'm going to go to Newcastle first before I go to Chelsea. Newcastle are really, really bad. Yeah. I don't understand why they're trying to force this five-at-the-back system. None of the defenders are good enough. Um, Jamal Lewis is probably the only good player they've got at the moment, and Carl Darlow. And Lewis is a left-back, and Darlow is a substitute goalkeeper. It says a lot about the team, really. I think I was speaking to my man about it, who's like probably the best person I can speak to about Newcastle. And he was like, nothing's ever going to change until Steve Bruce goes. No. Not even a case of Yeah. But even like before Mike Ashley, it, it's Bruce has to go now. He's tactic, that, that squad is better than where they are in the league. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Where they are in the league. And the manager is just more. And I asked him, and I'm going to put the same question to you boys. Do you think a great manager replacement for them would be Eddie Howe? No. I think he's about the same level as where they are at the moment. Um, oh, also, Axel Twanzebe has just come on. You think that he has a Bruce? Yeah. Um, I mean, are Bournemouth, like, player for player as a squad, better than Newcastle? No, I don't think they are. Um, that's why they got relegated. But um, on top of that, I just think that he... He is that level. That is his level. Now, I um, have heard on a lot of different outlets that Celtic fans are calling for Lennon to be sacked because they're going for their 10 in a row and they're absolutely bottling it. So mm-hmm. now they're looking at other managers and I thought to myself, well, would Eddie Howe be a good fit for Celtic? Now, I think he might. I think he would do quite well with Celtic because that is basically bottom of the Premier League level in it so I don't know I, th- I think they're about the same I don't think he'd improve Newcastle if he went in oh, I disagree I think he'd do I think he'd do wonders at Newcastle I really I don't, think I don't I don't think yeah I don't I don't think the play the type of players at Newcastle would suit Eddie Howell's way of playing um 
Whereas what Lee's just said there with Celtic, I, I, I think Celtic might have the players for any out to sort of play that way. Listen, lads, I didn't want to talk about Celtic. I wanted to have a good night. I didn't want Chris to kick off. Let's finish oh. football. Oh, oh the, that's, the, that's the only time I'm mentioning Scottish football just there then. <laughs> yeah, same. It was just, it was just a, a bottom of the Premier League comparison. It's something I was thinking about earlier. I don't think it matters. What about you two? Like, Bruce or Eddie Howe for Newcastle? Like, Well, I know I'd prefer to have Eddie Howe if it was me because he's, he's young, comes with fresh ideas. I know it didn't work out for him at Bournemouth, but what he did before they got relegated was brilliant. And I, I think we said amongst ourselves, and I'm sure that plenty of Bournemouth fans and football fans across the country agree with this, but um, that was the ruin of Bournemouth. Yeah. They needed to keep him in the championship in order to bounce back and try and keep as many of their players as possible, which has obviously gone to shit as well, hasn't it? Because they've sold most of them. Especially the ones, yeah, well, the ones with, with potential. So I, I, would, I would have Eddie Howe. I'd have Eddie Howe at Everton before we got Carlo Ancelotti. I would have taken Eddie Howe because it's a young English goal, uh, goalkeeper, a young English uh, manager, and I just think he shows a lot of potential. And he's got age on his side. Like, he's got so much time to learn and learn from his mistakes. He's made a big mistake there. He's got, he's got a team relegated. He didn't really get the financial backing in order to, to lift them up to a mid-table club. Because Premier League, you need money, don't you? If you're going to challenge, you need money and investment. That's where Newcastle are going wrong. They, for years, they've not had great investment. They've, they've put a little bit of money in this year, but... They've invested in the wrong players for me, personally. I mean, that Joel Linton's absolutely dog shit, isn't he? I know they got him last year, but he's what, scored two goals in about 30-odd games. Not great, is Bad it? investment. And this coming from an Evertonian, we're, we're prime at bad investment. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd, I'd have Eddie Howe in a heartbeat over Steve Bruce. What do you think, Chris? I, I don't think it matters because... Uh, when he was on Monday Night Football last night, he didn't seem interested in coming back into management anytime soon. Seems like he's happy being out of the game. Having a break. But um, Eddie, I think Eddie Howe was a massive success at Bournemouth. I think from where he brought that club to where they were in the league. And I think we all look at Bournemouth as like a failure now because he got relegated from the Premier League. But the argument has always been they had absolutely no business being in the Premier League. No business being the Premier League, especially for four seasons, four or five seasons, however long they're up there. Um, if you look at Eddie Howe and his, his team all the way through, defensively, Bournemouth were never great. It was always about sort of free-flowing, attacking football and having a go. Um, with a team like Newcastle, have they got have they got the attacking options? I don't, I don't know. They've got a couple of good players going forward. But Newcastle are a bit of a, a mixed bag. I don't. The question for me is like, is, is Bruce good enough? Is is more the question, and I I think Bruce has done a good job considering because you look at Bruce's credentials as a manager, and yeah, he doesn't look great on paper. But Rafa Benitez couldn't do much better with Newcastle, and Rafa Benitez is a Champions League winning manager. And you go back even further, Rafa Benitez was it two thousand and three? Valencia broke up the monopoly between Madrid and Barcelona, won La Liga. You know, he's yeah. a good manager, Benitez. He's always been a good manager. And he couldn't really do anything with Newcastle. I think they just are where they are. And I think Bruce has, has done a tremendous job 
in steadying the ship since he's been there. I don't think he's going to be there long term. Depends whether they can get an investor or something, but could don't know. Like Eddie Eddie Howe could go anywhere he wants. I think. I think he's proved that he, he deserves a big job. Not like a, a top class team like United or a, a Liverpool or anything like that. But I reckon he could get a top ten manager's job and go from there and be a success. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Um and then just moving on to Chelsea and that game. I say completely wasteful, but they are now sat third in the league. Another clean sheet. A team that was was leaking goals at one point has now kept like eleven clean sheets in twelve games or something daft. Got it spot on. Fair play to him. Um, big test this weekend though, which we'll get onto that later. Big test this weekend. Um, the next game on the list then was Aston Villa and Brighton. Now, who didn't watch that one? Whose game was it? Was it mine? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I predicted, Brighton caused Aston Villa various problems. Um, and, yeah, it was uh, an edgy encounter, really. Um, Villa... They probably deserve not to win, I think, is probably better than saying Brighton deserved to win. I think it was one of them where it could have gone either way, but fortunately for um, for Brighton, they, they got the result and um, the best right-back in the league with a, a last-minute red card, which uh, was, uh, was interesting, Tariq Lamptey. But, yeah, I mean, I think that... Villa were possibly missing Vardy, uh, Vardy, Barkley, sorry, for the majority of the game, which really hindered them. Um, and he's going to be a big miss now. We'd probably be out for, what, three weeks usually or so, isn't it, for hamstrings? So, um, yeah, all in all, it's, it was a game that I think Villa were probably expected to get a bit more out of. They, they needed to the win to almost go back towards the top of the table, didn't they? But uh, unfortunately, it didn't play out for them. Um, they lost one of their key players this season um, but that's it Brighton sort of almost got a result that has been deserving of recent performances um, we, we've all been saying that they've, they kind of look like they've had it in them but they've not been finishing it off um, but this time they did so there you go uh, 2-1 Brighton what more can you say it's a very long winded way of saying I did not watch this football match yeah, good blag that. <laughs> oh, I love it. No, I'm doing. I was professional. <laughs> Did anybody watch it? I watched it. I watched bits of it, yeah. I'm breaking. Oh, I missed it. They, they were missing something, Villa. They, they can create chances, but they were missing the end product massively. And... Um, they were broken down far too easy, easily by the counter-attack of, of Brighton. Far too easily. Not, not something that I've, I've seen from them too often for a long time, especially this season. Um, just they, Usually they're too, like, really solid, aren't they? They've got a good back line there. They've, they showed up the defence really well. I, I didn't really see that. They looked very shaky against Brighton. And I, I, obviously, I don't want to take anything from Brighton because their goals were, were good goals, but and they, they 
because of their chances and and that's what you've got to do in the Premier League and if if you if they've got hopes of staying up they're the sorts of results they need to be you know getting because they're not going to get many of them mm. um, I, I'm surprised that Aston Villa didn't capitalise on that that was a massive chance for them to shoot up to the top of the table I thought yeah. they'd have been really up for that Mings had a bad game didn't he Mings, Mings didn't look great for the weekend no. but nice no. to see Welbeck back on the score sheet after injuries and stuff like that. I think he deserves that, mate. He had a great game defensively as well. He got back, he trapped back and defended so well. For a striker, mm. like, I think, I think he's, he's a Bobby Firmino sort of guy, to be honest. It, every, every defensive corner, he was back there winning the header, clearing it out from the back, running forward. Resurgence, maybe. I, you know, he's fighting for his place, I think. I think he really wants to prove himself and become a, a settled starting eleven player at Brighton, and he yeah. will do if he carries on like that. He needs a good run of games, doesn't he? I think that's what potentially could sort of make or break his season. Whether he gets a good run of games without injury and he he can stay fit and he can stay firing. So it was kind of like um, Walcott, isn't it? At, um, at Watford, uh, sorry, not Watford, at Southampton, he, he sort of got that first goal. And you expect him now to try and maybe kick on a bit, but um, I think there are two of the same sort of story behind their their play. I think so. Yeah. Breaking news, lads: Martin Bruthwaite has just scored a goal for Barcelona. Can you believe it? Martin Brathwaite, fucking hell! Is it is it Brathwaite? Is it Bruthwaite? Brathwaite, yeah. Or is it fucking Braithwaite, mate? I'd say Braithwaite. <laughs> What was, what was next on the games list? Yeah, I, I was just I, obviously I, did, I can't put much in this game because I didn't watch it. Um, but I'm just looking at the stats here now. Villa twelve shots to six, five to three on target, twelve corners to three, but fifty percent possession. It just looks like they were pretty wasteful. Like that's don't tell a full story, but you can make up a story from that. Really mm. it tells me that they didn't do enough. Like I said, Barkley's going to be a huge mess because um, yeah. he's looked really good. The next game was Tottenham versus Manchester City. That was me. That was me. I um, I was really disappointed with this game. Yeah. Really disappointed. And uh, I'm sure we all watched it. It was one of the games of the weekend. I was just fortunate, courtesy of Danny's good lady, to receive two lovely games this weekend <laughs> at the expense of you getting two shitters, Danny. Um, but yeah, really disappointed. I thought the early goal from Tottenham Hotspur, they were going to really kick on from that. Um, I, you know, it just didn't sort of happen. It just stunted the game for me. Um, like, I, if I was if I was the Tottenham, it, obviously like a Tottenham player, and I was like Harry Kane or Son, and I just banged one early doors. I then wouldn't think, right, well, if we just sit back for a bit and try and control the game, then, you know, it'll be, it'll be easy. This is in the bag. It, it shouldn't, that shouldn't be the mentality of a team that wants to kick on and, and potentially win the Premier League for the first time in their history. I think, really, Tottenham should have been thinking, fuck it, we've scored, we've scored an early goal against City here. City aren't, you know... They're not firing on all cylinders this season. Let's kick, like, kick on and get a second one. 
but you know after that like it was like watching paint dry I don't I don't know what you boys felt about the the game but I was disappointed I was bigging that game up to be sort of like you know three or four goals but I just I, think I, I get what you're saying but I think if Spurs would have played any other way they they would have got their ass handed to him the way City would play. they just controlled the game so from start think, to finish I think it was just I think a City typical... were trying too hard though mm, yeah went too hard to missing a focal point. Yeah, they are missing something. Obviously, like they've just not filled Aguero's boots, have they? Jesus isn't going to fill Aguero's boots at all. He's not a bad striker, don't get me wrong. And I know he's been out for a long time. He's wank. I'm sorry, he's wank. I don't. Can we stop hyping up Gabriel Jesus? He's fucking yeah. shit. I don't know how he's got his place in that City team. He is dog shit. I think he's good for 15 goals a season. He's just not. He's not Aguero who's good for 25 to 30 goals no. a season. No, I think he's a decent striker. The, the, the problem with Jesus is he's good. He's a good player. I'm kind of an he's a good player. He is a good player. Like look at the goal against Liverpool. He did not mean that touch. It doesn't matter every minute or not. He fucking did it. Do you know what I mean? But <laughs> he's not Aguero. That you, you're always going to compare him against Aguero, aren't you? It's like all the the players that United have had over the years. We're always going to compare. I mean, look at the game now. Like we're, We've been quite critical of Williams. Brandon Williams is about to come on. But the reason we're so critical of Brandon Williams is because we're comparing him against Patrice Evra and Gabriel Hintzer and Dennis Irwin and all the great left-backs we've had over the years. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, If you've got a player who's smashed it for you in a position, you're always going to be in their shadow, aren't you? Question about, I, I, so I, I had to listen to our podcast this morning, uh, last week, just in the predictions. Um, and I, I predicted exactly what happened. I, I knew it was going to be a Mourinho masterclass. I knew it was going to be gritty and horrible. You've got to hand it to Jose. He set it up absolutely perfectly. Um, the two goals, can I blame Edison? I'm going to blame him for the first one. I think yeah. he was caught completely. Um, but... Harry Kane at the moment, guys. I'm going to throw this out there right now. Harry Kane is the best player in the league at the moment. Yeah, he is. He is. For not, he, his game has changed. Wait, what? Lee, just, can you just repeat that for me, Lee, please? <laughs> no. <laughs> All his game this season to a level I didn't think he had. Mm. Like, this... His tracking back. I think he missed. I think he made the most tackles on the pitch on Saturday. Did miss a few though. Did miss a few chances, and maybe his scoring is going to be affected by his extra work that he's doing. But the amount of goals that Son's getting because he's being fed by him, I don't think that's a massive issue at the moment. I think I think Spurs on Saturday solidified themselves as title contenders this week, like weekend. Yeah, they did one hundred percent. Chelsea this weekend. It puts in his favourites as far as I'm concerned. I cannot believe that City are sat in 13 and they are still bookmakers' second favourites to win the league. They're going to be up there, aren't they? Regardless. This is, so this is one thing I was going to say. Like, Can we realistically say or call Tottenham title contenders at this moment in time? I think you can. I think, I you think can. so as well. Under... Under any other manager, at this stage, you'd say, oh, well, they'll drop off. But it's Mourinho, isn't it? Like he, he, could, he, he could have done it with us, but 
we maybe didn't have the players for him to do it. Now, he has got those players at Spurs and they've got a real sort of bite to them now. Like, you've seen it in the documentary, he wants them to all be nasty bastards, and they are. And that's exactly what you need to win a league, I think. And I think under Mourinho, they could well do it. If, if Liverpool drop more points over this next few weeks period while they're still short on players and they won't have the talisman in Van Dijk for the rest of the season, it could well be a shootout between Liverpool, Tottenham, possibly City, because I think they'll... You know what they like, City. They'll spend like 150 million on a striker in January because that's what they do. Um, but if, if if all these teams keep taking points off each other, there's no reason why Spurs can't win the league, and there's also no reason why other teams around them, like United, like even Everton, coming back into it, if they get the points run, if they get a good run, you, you never know at this league at the minute. Everything's going a bit mad. So if we win our game in hand, we're only what four points off the top. We're we're closer than City. So, can I just say as well, just as in conclusion to my assessment of the game, I'm by no means slagging off Jose Mourinho's tactical masterclass against City. It was a tactical masterclass. They got the early goal and they defended the game out, and then obviously they got another one and sealed it. City had no return. Absolutely. They could have played another 90 minutes and City probably still wouldn't have scored, to be honest. The only player that looked like he had anything about him was Kevin De Bruyne. That, he was the only player that was trying. And you even heard him, didn't you? He was fucking telling the players. You could, you could hear him on the microphone. He was telling the players how to play football because they're just not good enough. They can't keep up with him. He's, yeah. His footballing brain is too good and his ability as a footballer is too good for some of those players. Unfortunately, Pep's got a bit of a miss, you know, mix up with some of those, the calibre that he's got there. Like some of them just aren't good enough, I don't think. He's invested in some like some bad choices, but I think, you know, you have to be thinking based on a performance like that, that Tottenham are up there this season. And the only team I can see beating them is Liverpool. On a, a performance like that, the only team I can see beating them is Liverpool, 100%. Don't think City will come close to them this year. And fair analysis that I really do, and I can't I can't do anything but agree with you. Mm-hmm. And under any other manager and any other season, Spurs would Spurs, but Mourinho is proven winner. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah, their, their fixtures, sorry, their fixtures coming up now. This this yeah. this could, this could um, I wouldn't say decide it, but go a long way, sort of. You know, come the end of the season, if they were going to pinpoint a part of the season where it helped them win the league, if if, if you know if they get that far, whatever. But you know, this stretch of fixtures now, with the time with the time sort of frame, we've got to squeeze all these fixtures in as well, as well as Europe. Like every, you know, the, the the teams are up top there anyway. But um, this could be sort of a possibly a defining moment in the season, maybe when, when you know when you come look back at the end of the season. Yeah, the, 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 I completely agree. The next six, seven games decide their fate. They come through that unscathed and there or thereabouts. We could be looking at Mourinho pulling off another title win, which would be mad, really. Didn't think it on the Spurs. Lee, you said about us being potential title contenders. Um, what on earth did you see on Saturday that would suggest that? 
it's not necessarily what I've seen on Saturday, other than the fact that even though we were abysmal, we still got a win. Um, it's more, one, what I'm seeing tonight against Istanbul, like, I know it's just Istanbul, but at the same time, we still got to perform, and we have very much performed. We've been fantastic, so much so that at halftime, he took Lindelof off and put Twanzebe on, and he's put Greenwood and Dan James and um, what's his face on Williams on. Yeah. So he's resting what could potentially be our new starting 11 and for our new formation because. You're not telling me that you don't watch that first half that we dismantled Istanbul and think, yeah, I'll change that for the weekend. Because you, you, you couldn't. If he changes this team for the weekend, then it, he's gone. Like, he's tactically inept. It's, it'd be ridiculous. So, I guess one probably does depend on the manager. Um, and if we somehow keep up a good run of results and we, we could be right amongst it by Christmas with, with a few good results. So there's no reason from that point why we couldn't be in the mix. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's the manager, it's Ollie. If he, he looks like he's hit something today, uh, I'm sure Chris is going to have a wild, wild rant in a second. Uh, he seems to have hit something today with that 4-3-3 letting, because that's what it is. It's not a 4 2 3 one He's letting Donny and Bruno do whatever they want. I feel like the only change I would make is taking out Fred and putting McTominay in. Just think McTominay's got a bit of a passing range. Fred scares me sometimes when he's knocking the ball around the back. Yeah. Well, I think he probably will make that substitute eventually because it seems like it's five subs. So, because yeah. um, we've made four now, so it, it'll probably bring him on. But or it, we may give Facundo Palistri a run out. He's on the bench. Which is an interesting one. Yeah. Probably needs a rest. And, one thing I, one thing I noticed, um, or remembered, sorry, earlier was January. We get that new Ahmad Traore coming in as well, don't we? Yeah. Another winger that we play. I know. <laughs> Go on, Chris. No, you're dying for it. I've lost a lot of sleep over West Bromwich Albion and United, so I'm going to gloss right over this. <clears throat> See, I'm starting to break up already. It was a very bad game. It was a very, very bad game. And somehow we managed to win it 1-0. And sometimes that's the best you can hope for in life. Mm -hmm. And you just have to move on to the next game. There you go. <laughs> I think as well, I think that we all sort of predicted, I think, well, the majority of us predicted a bit of a... You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm giving you a bit too much credit, I think. Too much credit. I was. It was more. It was more trying to curb my own optimism. But <laughs> I mean, I, 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 yeah. like, I, I don't. I, I don't think we're going to be anywhere near challenging. I mean, if we, if we do, it'll be because of how unpredictable the league's been so far, and that that's that's the only thing I can sort of that you know sort of continues and we somehow challenge like that but if you know the results go as, as they should and the team start you know performing as they would then I think top four again would be our sort of aim I'd take top four at this point yeah I would but like I said there's no reason why we can't 
Like we just need to do what do what we're doing. We'll be there or thereabouts. Four points is nothing. It's not a lot really. If we if we win our game in hand, I'm not optimistic. Well, we've got to play everyone above us as well. Still, so. yeah, yeah, that's tougher on that coming up. It it was a bad game. It was a bad game. It was that bad that I I put it on silent and switched it over to my phone, and me and Kim watched uh, Trading Places instead, which is a classic film. <laughs> some, of, some of the references in there are very outdated, and I was shocked, and I completely forgot about them from the last time I watched Trading Places. But still, Eddie Murphy, hell of an actor. Brilliant actor. Yeah, top lad. All right, who's next? Well, Sunday's game. You've been coming to America, haven't you? Everton. Who was watching that? I watched it. I mean, I watched it. I wasn't due yeah, to... I watched it. Yeah, I watched it. Worked my, worked my game, but um, that should have been done and dusted, that by Everton. You know, easily. I mean... What was it? What did they go up? 3-1? Three, three, did they go up? Yeah. I mean, that should, have been, that should have been game over. Well, they scored within the first 40 seconds, didn't they? Everton. Yeah. Yeah. Good goal as well, but... Mm. They were playing some... You know, they're going forward, they look... Everton look really, really good, especially down that left-hand side. Um, I mean, deserve to go, you know, get three goals, and then I don't know. All, you know, they get they get a bit of a chance. You know, a dodgy penalty again, but they shouldn't really have got that second goal. And then it just—I don't know—they just I see Everton just sort of invited a bit of pressure on, and kind of felt like a nervy last sort of half hour, twenty minutes. Do you know that? Really have been that? Do you know that Jonah Hill meme where he's at the award ceremony and he's in the crowd just going? That that is Scott Parker every time the referee awards Fulham a penalty. He's just like, can we not have a corner instead? <laughs> <laughs> I I have never seen a, a team right angle. Like he was always going to slip. <sighs> He ran up 2002 David Beckham. Of course he was going to fucking fall over. There you are. God help the next penalty taker because oh. they'll be shit in a brick, eh? Yeah. <laughs> you just you know, like, no, not me, not me, Mitrovic? please. What? Why does Mitrovic not take penalties for Fulham? The answer to that question is because he's very bad at taking penalties. <laughs> Do you well, know um, any better? So we might as well just take him. That's exactly it. Very Troy Deeney was talking about this this morning, and he was saying like, or "Was it yesterday?" Um, and he was like, "You're the focal point of the team. You're the striker that they're paying loads of money." Yeah, we all miss penalties. Just have a go. Just have it. Just take the penalty. Smash it down the middle if you have to. Just leather it. Put your foot through it, and one of them will go in. So just keep putting leather in it, and then one of them will go in, and then that'll be it. Everyone will forget about the, the streak of three penalties you've missed as a team. Just put your foot through him. Like, I think that Luckman was incredibly naive and inconsiderate for his teammates when he decided that he was going to try a Penenka to win. What was he thinking? Like, what a knobhead. But we've been through that. Um, so that was ridiculous. And then the technique, and I think probably a little bit of nerves... Uh, got into his head and caused him to slip. And I just think that someone needs to step up and take responsibility in that team. Otherwise, he's going to be a horrifically long 
season. Well, it'll be a short season, actually, because they'll get shit all points and they'll get relegated by February. So who's asked? Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Full of minute, shite. Love that. Absolutely love that. Good assessment <laughs> that at the end. Both full of shite. So then we move to another team that are going down. Sheffield United against West Ham. Yeah, it's not going great, is it? <laughs> <laughs> What's yeah. gone wrong there? I told you, boys, but I did tell you this was going to happen. It's the striker striker situation, isn't it? Like, no one can score for him. This was this was my other game. This United was. I mean, cheers to your missus, Danny. Like she blessed me this week as well with Corker after Corker games. Um, you got your own team. Did, did you watch us against West Brom, mate? <laughs> did you watch yeah. us against Fulham, mate? I, w- I wanted your team. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't great. It wasn't a great game. I, I mean, I'd say it wasn't a great game. I, it livened up a bit before half-time, and Sheffield United piled it on. And for, the, for the last 10 minutes of the first half, I genuinely thought they were, were going to get a goal. I mean, I think... The the post got hit at one point, but an offside was involved. Um, the there was a looping cross that came in. McBurney did really really well to get any power on the header, and it was a decent save from Fabianski. And then West Ham got the goal in the second half, and it just it, they're a team that have no confidence at the moment. It's just not the stuffing out of them. And from there, it, it was a formality. Like, I did I didn't see it. So what was the goal like? Was it decent? Was it? Oh, mate, Alaire. He's never done anything in his career. Like he, he's been an absolute flop since he comes to West Ham. It was an absolute corker. Yeah. He, he hit it and it stayed it. Mm. It was what, it was a great like, goal. Thirty yards or edge of the box. No, it was about probably about twenty yards out or something. Yeah. I he he was a good goal. I it was just a, it was a connection that he got on it. It was an absolute corker, and he looked relieved when he went in <laughs> to say like fucking hell, like I can actually oh. score goals. Alev that signed. Because he was doing that week in, week out in Germany. Mm. Like, he was fantastic over there. So, like you said, he, relief was probably the right emotion. I thought, mate, I can still do this. And now it's, with Antonio still out, he's got a chance to start proving it again. Istanbul have just scored. What? what? No, it was off the line, wasn't it? What a surprise. No, he went past the line. Oh, what are you doing to Gea? Oh dear. Henderson in. Saved it behind the line. Henderson in. Anything more to say about Chef West Ham? Shite. Next. Um, the, the, their next game, we'll get onto it soon, but their next game is huge for them because they've got West Brom next and that's a, that's going to be the pivotal turning point for Sheffield United's season. But West Ham, they did what they were expected to do, which was win the game. Yeah. yeah. How much was that Alain then? How much did they sign him for? Because he was a big money spender. Oh. He's yeah. Five mil. A joke of amount of money. Getting from like Hertha Berlin or something. Yeah, I'm sure. Or Hoffenheim. Yeah. He he banged them in the Bundesliga though, didn't he? Like twenty odd goals. He was in the Bundesliga. I really like like watching him while he was there. Uh, it wasn't that. It was Frankfurt. He was at. But do well in certain leagues, don't they? We've seen it on, on many occasions. Some people can do it in La Liga, some people do it in Bundesliga. Obviously, he's just not cut out for the Premier League, but 
for, well, for that sort of he should be doing better than what he like yeah. giving a better return than what he is. This could be the kick on. We've seen it before where strikers have come in, been really poor in the first season and then start kicking on. This could be him. He might be able to start, you know, finding a bit of form. He's surrounded by shit at West Ham, though, isn't he? Can't be getting many chances at West Ham. Mikel Antonio is a good striker. He only gets one or two chances a game, if that. That's just because he's a good target, man. Yeah. So, should be as well. He's a big lad, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's not small. Yeah. If you can see it, this is the goal now. Bang. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. He's just outside the area. He's just one of it. He's just a really good connection that he's got on it. So then, boys, we move to uh, Dale's first game of the weekend. Dale seems to be blessed with the more entertaining games that had no real results. Uh, Leeds versus Arsenal. Oh. I've got three words. Arsenal are shit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you are a Leeds fan, you are wondering how is this finished nil-nil. Yeah. If you are an Arsenal fan, you are happy you've just come out of there with a nil-nil. Yeah. It was... was, I mean, Arsenal were very, very poor going forward. Um, I think... Abamian hit the first shot on target for them in the 60th minute. He spooned one, didn't he? First half, yeah. spooned first wide. half, he, he balloon one. Um, yeah. But I mean, he he played him up top rather than the left wing that he's been playing at. Didn't really make much of a difference. The creativity in that final third for them was just was just non-existent. It was yeah, it was dire. Um, Leeds, on the other hand. Probably just lacked a bit of a clinical finisher. I mean, Bamford had a few, probably a couple of really good chances. You know, yeah. Leno pulled off some saves. I mean, they hit the woodwork three times. Um, funnily enough, Leno got man of the match, I believe, at the end of that. I think he deserved it. Yeah, I think Leno had a great game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if they just had someone a bit more clinical, they probably would have come away with all three points. But, you know, they had... 24 attempts leads, I think, but at the end, I think it was only four actually on target. The keeper had to make a save on, so it's yeah, it's one of them. Man of the match should have been Woodwork. Yeah, yeah. yeah. did you know Woodwork four? I think it was four times. I was building this desk because I'm in the I'm in the new room, I'm in the spare room. I was building this desk and I had the game on on the laptop in the background. And every time they hit the woodwork, I kept looking around thinking I dropped a fucking nail or something somewhere. <laughs> I was like, the fucking hell was that? Honestly, hit the woodwork time after time after time. It's oh, incredible. You hit the nail on the head, Dale. It's incredible it ended nil-nil. I mean, Nick, Nicholas Pepe got sent off. The, oh, what a knobhead. <laughs> an absolutely... I mean, what's he doing there, to be honest? He's, I mean, he's done. You know, he's, I think he's had his... He's had his chances now that Chris said this. I think you, I think you might have said this actually in the, in the group chat. He's had his chance. Seventy-five million for what really? I mean, he's not he's not offered much when he has played, and he's in and out. And to do that, you know, and like I say, after that, Arsenal were clinging on towards the end there, and uh, yeah, just just a poor day at the office for Arsenal. And uh, yeah, it was it was nil nil, but. It was it was one of the better nil nils. Let's put it that way. I mean, there was a bit to it anyway, but it was a good game. I thought. Um, 
But yeah, if I was a Leeds fan, I would be devastated that it was only one point. You know that? Is it that ailing? Yeah. Wasteful. He was wasteful. He was. Yeah. Like, he, he missed about two, three sitters. Do you know what? It's not just the amount of times yeah. they hit the bar. It's the amount of times they fucking blazed it over the crossbar as well that got yeah. me. I've never seen so many people miss the target over the bar. Unbe- unbelievable. It would take us on Bamford's confidence at the moment that he would have slotted a few of his chances. Mm. Um, just he he looks so unorthodox when he plays. Like some of his some of his style of shooting is so weird. <laughs> I don't know. I, I still Joey's still out on him. Like he's had a great start to the season, but I do feel like a better striker and Arsenal uh, well Leeds would have won that game comfortably. Yeah. So I saw a stat as well before. This is uh, Arsenal's lowest return goals-wise since eighty-six, eighty-seven season. So there's definitely there's definitely concerns there, sort of going forward for for Arteta. Um, how he fixes that? If also, only you had a world-class playmaker in the reserves. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but the problem is, though, they're getting the ball to Aubameyang and he's just not fucking doing anything with it. Yeah, got his new contract now. I don't care anymore. His his fall, we said it, his fall has been the worst. Like, it's been, just been bizarre. Yeah. Hasn't worked out. Pepe hasn't worked out. They're relying on the kids now. The the kids, Bikayo Saka is probably their best player at the moment. Yeah. I do think they need to bring Ozil back from his, like, from the abyss. Because I think that they're just lacking some sort of creativity. So, what else can they do? Don't get me wrong, I love Mesut Ozil. I think he's one of the best playmakers we've had in this generation. I'm sure I've yeah. said that. I think he's absolutely outstanding. But something isn't right at that club and that player. Um, and... I, if I was him, would I move or would I carry on milking the club of 350 grand a week? I would for the way they've treated him. Yeah, the way they've over, yeah, I'd carry I'd carry on exactly the way I am if I was him. Let his contract run out and then he can go to Turkey or he can go back to Germany and be a hero. Urzil aside though, what I will say about Arsenal is I think last season they would have lost that game at the weekend. I think they are looking defensively a, a lot better, a hell of a lot better. Mm. And I, do you know who I think their player, if it's not Saka, who's their player of the season, it's holding. I just think he's so, not what's the word I'm looking for? He, unheralded. Like There doesn't seem to be much attention on, on just yeah. how much of a good job. Underrated, unsung. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be much attention on how much of a good job he's doing in that Arsenal back line. And to think they were going to loan him to Newcastle, I mean, what what a loan signing that would have been for Newcastle. Yeah. Arteta's done well there, putting a stop to that and getting him into the team because he's he's been magnificent, I think. That's him what Gab- I will say for them. Him and Gabriel together have been really, really solid. Mm. Um, I mean, we, we knew Gabriel was going to do something in the league because of how many clubs he was linked to. Yeah, including yeah. us. It was expecting to be as good as he actually was, or is being anyway. Moving on, guys. 
<sighs> they fucking did it, didn't they? Bastards. They fucking did it. Do you know what? No, they didn't. Leicester did it to themselves. Yeah. By the team selection. What, what <clears> are they doing? What is Brendan Rodgers doing? They're basically Liverpool at their most vulnerable. Oh, yeah, let's play five defenders. Fuck off. I'm going to remain impartial first and then I'm going to back out this conversation and let you boys take the floor. I, I want to give credit to Jurgen Klopp and to Liverpool yeah. performance. I thought Curtis Jones came in and looked unbelievable. He looked like he'd been playing in that midfield for years. Diogo Jota is a breath of fresh air. I think he is outstanding. It paces me off watching him be good for that team. Um, Robertson, who wasn't even supposed to be in the squad, pulled out with a man of the match performance. Um, I think James Milner, at 36 years old, still looks as good as he ever has, if not better. Mm. And like Chris, you nailed it perfectly last week. They have this annoying togetherness and belief that they can win no matter what. And it fucks me off, but I can't help but admire it. And if it was any other club, other than Liverpool or City, I think we'd all be sat my like admiring it a lot that a team has had that many injuries and still beat Leicester three 0 With that being said, boys, rip Leicester to shreds. Listen, they're a good team, Liverpool, and we can't take that away from him. Regardless, he's got a good squad there, Klopp, hasn't he? And yeah, there's factors helping him. I, I don't think the league's very strong at the moment, and I don't really think there's there's. I mean, maybe Chelsea and Spurs this season, but I don't think there's any like outstanding teams that can challenge him because City have just City have been the only team over the last couple of seasons they've fallen away, haven't they? Um, but told you, like they just they've just got this annoying, like you say, Danny, team spirit where they've beaten some of the biggest teams in the world over the last couple of seasons, and they genuinely just think, especially at Anfield, that they can beat anyone. Yeah. And they were always going to pull out a big performance. I just didn't think with the injuries, um, it'd be as emphatic as it was. Again, I think a lot of that is because of Leicester. Leicester were, were really, really disappointing. Um, but Klopp said it himself after the game, like he, he wants his players to play and train and behave like Liverpool Football Club, whether they're a starter, whether they're a sub, whether they're a reserve, whether they're under-21s, give them the credit where it's due, as much as it hurts to say. But, um, yeah, it was um, an ominous performance from a team who were looking to win back-to-back league titles, even after all the um, all their injury problems. And I said at the start of the season, I don't think they'll do it this year because they don't have that edge of never won, never having won the league before behind them but it's almost now like the injuries that they've had has galvanized them and given them a purpose to prove people wrong so now it's almost like right well we're going to show people that we can still do it and that's given them that renewed edge that they might have maybe lacked and that is, if that is the case it's not a good sign for the rest of the league at the looks of it so the pressure's been taken off them Pressure's yeah. been taken off him, I think. And it's the same. This is why it's interesting with Chelsea and Spurs because there's no pressure on Chelsea and Spurs either. Like, who, who's the pressure on to win the league this season? Who, really? Who, as it stands now with injuries and, and with the way the season's going, who is really expected to win the league? I don't think 
I don't think anybody's expected to win it at the moment. I think that yeah. there's too many teams at the top and too much inconsistency in results. Because you could turn around and say, well, you, you know, Liverpool, probably the favourites. They are the better side. Mm. But then they got beat 7-2 to Villa. So results are weird this season. You don't go and beat the champions, former European champions, 7-2. Like, it just doesn't happen. So I just don't think that you can expect anybody at this moment in time. It could go to anybody in the top six if results go anybody's way. Well, maybe not top six, because I think Everton are top six. It won't go to us. <laughs> what, mate? If you're going to bookmakers, it can go to anyone in the top 13. They're still back in City being second favourites. I, I just don't think City are going to... I don't think they are. Like, I don't Obviously, I think they'll kick on. I, just, I think they're too far behind already. Yeah, I think... No, because... If they win the game in hand, they're only four points behind or five points behind, and they've got to play Liverpool again. So, well, they just don't look <laughs> like City, do they? No. no. It looked like the City that tailed off last season, and that's a worrying sign. Mm. We're not talking about City; we're talking about my second game of the weekend. Here's babe, Burnley versus Palace. <laughs> The, the half-five kick-off on a Monday that no one wants. Do you know what? Do you know what? I'm going to give them some credit. It wasn't half bad. It wasn't a terrible game. I've seen... Mate, I've seen way worse. I've seen <laughs> way worse. Sheffield versus West Ham was a worse game than Burnley Palace. And you know what? Full credit to Burnley. Burnley... <laughs> this is fucking human. But Burnley pulled it out. And I'm happy for I'm happy for Sean Dyche. I'm happy for Burnley. Um, it's about time. Same with Brighton that we spoke about earlier. It's about time they started turning up. Uh, they're not playing like a team that finished tenth last season. Um, and we know we know Burnley are better than what they've shown so far. And it finally clicked for them. It, it should have been more. I think Palace were quite wasteful. I said about Chelsea being wasteful earlier. Palace were very wasteful against Burnley. Uh, Mr. Zaha through COVID, which on another day of Zaha was playing, potentially would have been a different result. I, I don't rate Bashwai. I don't. I don't see the hype in him whatsoever. Cannot believe I've just looked at my phone and seen that Daniel James has just scored for Man United. Yeah, goal as well. Like the break, the build up. Ever see his goal for Wales? The soft topic. His goal for Wales the other day was outstanding. Yeah, it was good. He played well for Wales the other day. What confidence there, Annie. Anyway, speaking of confidence, um, yeah, I hope Burnley go on a bit of a run now. Um, Palace, Palace again, inconsistent. <laughs> beating us. Um, and then losing to Burnley, that's inexcusable, really. Uh, but the sat comfortable mid-table. If I'm, I'm, the form table I'm looking at now literally says loss, win, loss, win. That doesn't say if we've been back last season. I don't know what will. Uh, I don't know. I assume I was the only one that watched this game because everyone else had something better to do at half five on a Monday. <laughs> I'm still at work. Yeah, I was driving home. You assumed correctly. I was playing chess. That was more interesting. 
I swear to God, if I got fucking West Brom and Sheffield on weekends, she's, she's gone. Yeah, you're going to get West Brom and Sheffield and Palace and Newcastle. About you, I'll I'll quit the podcast if that happens. I'm not doing it. I refuse. Uh, but yeah, no, it it wasn't as bad as game as five was going to be. It obviously wasn't great, but it was it was all right. And then finally, Wolves and Southampton. I thought it was a good game. To be fair, watch that one. Um, I thought this first half was very. I think it was a very balanced first half. To be fair, um, if if anything, maybe Southampton was slightly the better team, but. Wolves again didn't score in the first half. Um, I think that's. I think I've seen a start actually um, since the start of last season. I think that's. That's yeah, like thirty-four Premier League games or something like that. They failed to score in the first half. Something along those lines. Um, that's massive. But, uh, I think it was the start of last season or the season before. Something along those lines. Anyway, the notoriously slow starters uh, in games, but. Um, yeah, second half, Southampton sort of picked it up a bit. Um, deservedly went 1-0 up. Um, Walcott's going his first goal for 15 years, whatever it is, for Southampton. Um, he missed probably a, a glorious chance of, you know, not long after to put to put them 2-0 up. And at that point, I thought that would have been sort of done and dusted with then at 2-0. But um, he missed that. And then sort of Wolves sort of came alive after that. They... Uh, uh, got an equaliser with uh, I think Neto come off the bench, got the equaliser. Yeah, um, he did have another goal. Dis- they did have a goal disallowed. What a header! Um, yeah, um, and I think towards the end, Wolves were actually probably the better team last 10 15 minutes. And arguably, Southampton were probably lucky to maybe get a draw out of that at the end. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a decent to watch, decent game, and. Uh, on the balance of things, probably probably a draw was, you know, probably about about right. I would have thought. I'd say. I I enjoyed the game. I thought it was a very entertaining one-one, um, very end-to-end. I'm just looking at the stats here. Southampton had 59% possession. Wolves had 16 shots in front of target against four and two. Mm. Kind of tells you what game it was. I thought Southampton did brilliant nullifying Adama Traore. Uh, he didn't have a sniff all game. And Jimenez was there. Uh, Neto was definitely the difference when he came on. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I, but I'm agree- agreement with you, Dale. I think if Walcott puts that in, that's 2-0, that's game over there. I mean, that's absolutely finished. Yeah, It was a good game, I thought. Just end-to-end. Southampton were clinging on for dear life at the end, though. When, uh, when Hassan Hootel brings Shane Long on, you know, for a fact, they're playing that long ball over the top game and just hold on for dear life. Yeah. Yeah, I was impressed with Chairdoms again, though. I thought he had a really good game. I thought his hold-up play was superb. His passing um, didn't have many sights at goal. But, you know, he's lacking Danny Ings being next to him. I think he gets yeah. more than Danny Ings is next to him. I thought he played slightly deeper, actually, in that game. Um, I thought Walcott was the one that was sort of on the shoulders a bit more of the, uh, of the you know, the back four. And, well, was it a back four? I think it was. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think he played slightly deeper, but he looked the ball up well. Um, he does he does look a 
completely different player to last season. He does look uh, much improved, shall I say, um, than last season. But oh, that's because he's had 12 months under his under his belt now in the Premier League. He's he's sort of up, up to speed with stuff, uh, with things. But well, yeah, it's a good game. As I said, when I predicted my fifth correct scoreline <laughs> of the weekend last week, Wolves obviously on paper the better team, but they're underperforming of sorts at the moment. Southampton are overperforming. A draw was always going to be like the likely or most likely result, wasn't it? Do you want to use that segue to talk about how I lead the table, Danny? Oh. Um, applaud you, Chris, there. Five five correct results. Christ, mate. <laughs> Some going, that face. Some going. If I want to segue into talking about you leading the table, no. No, I don't, mate. <laughs> <laughs> how yeah. about we segue into how you're not leading the fantasy football league? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I thought I had a good week and I got like 50 points and then all of you's got like 60 points and I was just like well you can fuck off the lot of you Lee has caught you yeah. nowhere Lee has caught you I'm bringing it back fucking right marathon up. not sprint although talking of being caught Lee Josh had a week off the predictions and he's only a point behind you <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> so current standings boy we've got Josh Holding the bottom on seven with a game missing, so fair enough. Lee, you're on eight. Dale, you're on 12. I'm on 13. And Chris, thanks to his five predicted scores, is sat at the top 24 points. Bravo, mate. Bravo. Well, I do have to make up for the Fantasy League. Like, there's, there's two things that everyone's catching this year, COVID-19 and me in the Fantasy League. So I've got to be leading on one finger and over on it. How did you do with the rest of them? You got, so you got five correct results. So five correct scores. How did you do with the results as well? Um, I've actually got them here somewhere. So I can bloody find them. Oh, I don't think too badly. I think a couple of them went tits up. Like I said, a draw for Leicester and Leeds. Um, for, for Leicester and Liverpool. That obviously didn't happen. Um, and then a couple were just like a goal off here and there. But you, you boys did all right as well. Like Josh, you, you actually did all right this week. You had a couple of correct score lines, which has got you like right back into it. Yeah, I think I got two couple of correct. Let Sheffield because I that's one I had as well. I I, I was the only one that got Arsenal and Leeds as a draw, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. You put one. You put one all. Unfortunately, I think. Yeah. I. I, I think- I was optimistic because City scoring against Spurs. Yeah. I had 2-1 win for Spurs, but... Good, good prediction, that. Yeah. Leeds and Arsenal could have been 1-1 if it wasn't for Pepe headbutting people and not apparently not realising he's going to get sent off. So he's my nomination for Dickhead of the Week. What a fantastic segue that was. Brilliant. like that. Really, yeah, you you just not getting away with headbutting anyone with days of VAR, are you? No, well, I don't know, you know, right? I don't know with R. It's true. Well, my nomination for Dickhead of the Week is a fantastic story from the MLS over the week. <laughs> <laughs> this is good, good one. This <laughs> mental. This uh, Orlando City were in a quarterfinal to go into the semi-final of the playoff. And the keeper came off his line in the penalty shootout and the referee booked him. But it was his second yellow who got sent off. So then they tried subbing on a goalkeeper during the penalty shootout, which the ref allowed 
and then stopped from happening because you can't make subs during a penalty shootout and they didn't realise that at the time. So then they put an outfielder on and then Nanny had a penalty to win it and missed. Then they carried on with this outfielder in net and it got to a point where this outfielder saved the penalty and they all celebrated like they won. And then the referee blew the full, full time without realising that there's still another penalty to take. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> of pure gold. Like it, so, MLS referee, I don't know your name. I didn't bother researching because I can't be asked. You are my dick of the week. No, because it's a strong contender. Do we have any other, any other contenders? Um, mine's not going to win it, but I'm going to say Ailing for Leeds just because I was so frustrated at how wasteful he was against Arsenal. He could have quite easily have taken the three points for him in that game. So I'm going to say he was my dickhead of the week just for being a wasteful bastard. I'm going to throw... So I could have chosen Ole Gunnar Solskjaer for his team selection against West Brom, but that's too obvious. Uh, all the refereeing decisions in the game against West Brom, so I could have gone for that one as well. However, the one I think I'm going to go for is... So, I've forgotten. <laughs> oh, I know. I've remembered it. It's me. No. Um, so, Sam Johnston um, in the penalty save. Now, <laughs> Sam Johnston is a professional, uh, professional footballer. He plays in goal. Um, one of the parts of his job is to save penalties or any type of shot that comes at him. But when it's a penalty shootout, he's the main man in the spotlight. So Bruno Fernandes does his little hop, puts the penalty in, and he saves it. But he saves it because he's about a metre off his line, right? So they have to retake it. Fair enough. That's the rules. You You can't make anything other than that because the goalkeeper would just stand in front of the penalty spot otherwise. So, retakes it, puts it in, scores. After the game, Johnston's whinging on Twitter that strikers or penalty takers shouldn't be allowed to jump up before they take a penalty because it's some because apparently that's causing him to jump off his line. Just stay on your line. If you, if you know they're going to do it, just wait for the jump. If you know they're going to do it, wait for the jump and don't whinge about it on social media afterwards. You look like a child. Dickhead of the week. <laughs> I like it. Nicely put. Dale, have you got a nomination? Um, I haven't known, to be honest, but I didn't even know about that MLS one, so but that was hilarious. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go, I'm gonna vote for that one. <laughs> if you've not got a nomination, you can decide it this week, mate. We've got Pepe Johnson, the MLS referee, or Luke Aylin. Yeah, just the, the MLS one crapped me up. That I said I didn't, I didn't even read yeah. about that. I didn't even know about that until you just said it. And yeah, I think we can all agree with that one. one. Watch yeah, the video; yeah. it's even it's even more mental when you watch it. <laughs> the best part is the referee like stopping the penalty shootout when there was still a penalty to go. Yeah, he thought they'd wrapped it up, and they just still needed to score. <laughs> Full time, fucking clueless, mate. No wonder that league's a joke. Honestly, Cavalero for Fulham is penalty. He deserves special mention against Everton as well because that was shocking. <laughs> that was that was exactly what kids should watch to see how to not take a penalty. All tight, nice ball on that, boys. MLS referee team, you are the four months one toffee. Dick of the week. Congratulations.
Fantastic. Thanks for listening to another episode of the podcast. To support us, please follow us on social media by searching for at 4 one Sophie on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast stations, including Spotify, Google and Apple Podcasts, and Anchor, as well as YouTube. Just search for 4 one Sophie. Thanks. From myself, Lee, Danny, Dale, and Josh, and we'll catch you next time.